Hi, I'm Chloe and I'm a first year medical student studying at the University of Exeter. I'm very passionate about widening participation and music. Hi, my name's Nabil Khan and I'm a first year medical student studying at Exeter University. I'm passionate about campaigning, food and hanging out with my friends. You're listening to Very Junior Doctors. A podcast made by med students for med students. So, what drove us into medicine? There's many reasons why I wanted to pursue a career in medicine. Um, In particular, one reason was the fact that I absolutely love science, uh, especially human anatomy and physiology, which obviously Mm -hmm. are the foundations of a medical degree. Um, And I think alongside that is also my eagerness to help others in any ways that I can. So when I was trying to discern um, if medicine was for me when I was applying, I did some volunteering and tried to help others in a range of different ways. And that helped me to navigate the medicine was for me. And Mm -hmm. I think one particular aspect of medicine, which is very special, is that you can work with a range of different people. Yeah. um, Yeah. And the diversity, people from different backgrounds and people who've had different experiences. And I think overall that will help us to shape us as individuals, but also a society in general and obviously the nation's health as well. I think one area of medicine in particular, which I was and still am very passionate about, is preventative medicine. Mm -hmm. And in particular, chronic conditions, so asthma, diabetes and so forth. So, for example, um, on the Diabetes UK website, 90% of UK diabetics have the second type of diabetes. And obviously, many of us know that type 2 diabetes is from environmental factors. And if we have preventative medicine, then obviously, we can hopefully, anyway, reduce this and make the nation's health improve and become better. But yeah. what about you, Nabil? What about you? What drove you to medicine? Oh, so for me, I think it was just witnessing just the drive and the passion of the junior doctors when I was doing my work experience in the in the summer between uh, GCSE and sixth form. I think that was when I really decided that I wanted to do medicine. It was just it was just amazing when I was in the hospital I could just see the junior doctors you know just just discussing different patients with each other talking to me about what life was as a junior doctor and they were just so passionate and I just found that really inspiring again like I just I guess the process of just like diagnosing treating and then the aftercare and just I guess just following through with the whole process of um, a doctor patient interaction is just so intriguing and unique I think that's that's one of the main reasons why I really like medicine. Every every case is so unique, and you'll never have one boring day because everything is different. You you'll come across cases that you've never seen before. You may come across cases that you have seen before, but because every individual is unique, every case will be unique. Um. Yeah. So there's loads of different reasons. I think that every medical student could rant on about why they want to study medicine, but. Mm. Obviously, some reasons can be more personal than others. And when I was having a look online to see what were the common reasons between med students why they wanted to go and study this degree, um, a few quite um, interesting 
reasons were the fact that um, the degree, but also in general the profession, is very varied. So that can be in terms of, like you were saying earlier, day to day, um, you never get bored and you can go into different specialities. Um, but also it's a way of repaying others for having the opportunity of studying such a privileged degree Ooh, and such yeah. a privileged opportunity and situation and position. Yeah, definitely. And I completely I agree. Mm. I completely agree with the idea of being privileged. I think as a doctor or as any healthcare professional, you have that privilege that the public or your patients will instill that trust into you to treat them properly. And I think that's that that is such a privilege. I think as a doctor, you have that in that way, you have that power dynamic where people instill their trust into you and they they place this amount of, I guess, reliance on you that you'd actually, you know, you treat them and you'd solve their problems. And I genuinely think that is such a that's such an amazing, I guess, skill, or that's such an amazing position you could be put into. And you could just you can just do so much good with that position, if you know what I mean. Mm, definitely. It's by using your position to the best advantage so that you can benefit a whole range of population. And like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier about meeting people from diverse backgrounds and different situations, you can use your position to help navigate and help everyone rather than a selective proportion of society. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. amongst the other reasons um, which I found from the Complete University Guide, another reason which I'm sure many med students and prospective medical students are aware of is the good pay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this can be a good but also a bad reason, I think, um, in a way, because I'm sure that many medical students will say the same thing, is that you're doing it to help others as much of a yeah. as it is. You were doing it to help others and to benefit society, not so much to benefit yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you've got to weigh up. Um, yeah, I, I do agree. I think for me personally, the pay really wasn't a factor when I decided to do medicine. I think the main uh, driving point for me was just you, you just get to help others and you just get to give back to your community and to society in general. I um, I do know that um, there are quite a few medical students who are swayed by the good pay. And I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't particularly say that it was, it was a bad thing, but I do think the, the pressure and I guess the demand of the job really requires your emotional involvement as just as much as your, I guess, financial, in, um, the, as, as much as the drive towards that financial incentive, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to work both ways where you are emotionally invested in the job and you do want to help people. But I guess pay is kind of like an additional benefit, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, I suppose it's just about weighing it up and seeing like you were saying, having that emotional attachment to what you're doing as well. Otherwise, you could sit there and wonder why you're actually doing it. Because mm-hmm. there are other yeah. professions and other jobs which you go into and be equally rewarded with the good pay. Yeah. About um, having a good, hard think about why you're actually going to study medicine. And I think, um, as many are probably aware, I run a Instagram page and have done for the past just over two years um, now called the medic map 
documenting my life through med school and previous to that um, A-levels. And I think one point which would be worth mentioning um, in this podcast is the fact that social media can be a very big influence. If you're a prospective medical student, I know when I was applying, um, it was such a good platform for me in order to branch out and network with other medical students who were studying at different universities, um, mm-hmm. but also different year groups of medical students, and also allied professionals um, in the healthcare field. So your nurses, your pharmacists, your midwives, physiotherapists, um, etc. Yeah. When I was applying, I didn't really know that many people who were studying medicine. Um, Bear in mind, I was the only person in my yoga at the time applying for medicine. Um, yeah. So it, it could be seen as quite a lonely process. Yeah. <laughs> I took advantage of social media to benefit my learning, but also to branch out and to create friendships, which mm-hmm. even to this point now, I'm still in contact yeah. with some of the people who I initially met when I was um, applying. So that's yeah. one of um, the things which I'm very grateful for when I was applying to medicine. And definitely. And I <laughs> I was in the same boat as you. Um, so I was the only one in my year group who applied for medicine as well. <laughs> and I completely agree. It was a very lonely process. And just using social media to 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 find other people who are going through the same process, it's just it's such a nice, humbling experience. And I definitely <laughs> I remember when I first decided to um apply for medicine I remember I tried changing my Instagram like uh what do you call it explore page and just liking all of the medical related posts I was like yes I need to be fully immersed but um yeah I guess I went a bit overboard but definitely social media is amazing I I I remember using um YouTube quite a lot to um kind of you know get some um inspiration on how I could approach my medical school application and I definitely remember two YouTube channels that really stood out to me which were um Ali Abdul I I, you probably know Ali Abdul and Carbamedic yeah so those two were definitely the um I would say like my medical mentors I don't know YouTube mentors when I first started to when I first started to um, think about applying into uh, to med school I just it's just so genuinely powerful and social media is everywhere it's you you won't really come across a student who doesn't have some form of social media in this day and age and I think you using it to your to, to the best ability especially when you're applying for med school is just so important and like you said, meeting meeting other people, like just meeting other healthcare professionals and, you know, seeing seeing how they live. And I guess even just seeing someone's life through Instagram posts, you kind of get a vague idea of, I guess, how, I don't know, how they approach their job. Like, I know I have quite a few consultant friends who post on social media and they talk about uh, how they felt about a surgical rotation or how they balance their work and um their life and by just reading these posts and just I guess in a way immersing myself in the lives of these doctors that I see on social media I kind of get an idea of of what life would be like as one of those healthcare professionals and obviously social media does have its downfalls and it is 
kind of um, painted it a, in a rose tinted lens in a way. And you should obviously take it with a pinch of salt. But I genuinely think that social media is such a powerful tool that you can use. Mm, definitely. And I think one thing which perhaps the media and TV programmes portray about uh, the NHS and healthcare in general is sometimes not necessarily what the truth of the NHS and healthcare is. Mm, I think sometimes just by speaking and seeing the posts and the lives and so forth on social media, it can give you that realistic point of view to an extent of what it actually is like. And obviously with COVID and what have you, um, work experience and volunteering has been a bit restricted. Um, Mm -hmm. We've had to try and be quite inventive in the way that we get those opportunities um, and I think one to mention is the Brighton and Sussex um, medical school experience. That was one. Oh that yes, yeah. Um, a really, really um, insightful and really good work experience too. And I think alongside trying to have the volunteering and the work experience through online stuff, just by talking to people, mm-hmm. you get a greater picture of what you're going to go into. I think the one important factor about applying to medicine is having an informed decision and mm-hmm. knowing what you are signing up to. Definitely. Because a lot of people um, go into medicine not having that prior knowledge about what it's about and then get there and possibly yeah. come out and don't make it all the way through medical school because they weren't fully prepared and they didn't didn't actually understand what the degree entailed. And obviously, yes. you're not going to know everything what you're going to be putting yourself out there for. Uh-huh. And it's quite interesting that you mentioned dropout rates because I was reading um, a BMC research article that was, I think it was carried out in 2013. And it measured the dropout rates for med students in UK universities. And it was it was 14 percent. Like people might not think of that as a huge percentage, but it is quite significant when you think about it. It's there are just so many factors that contribute to med students dropping out. And like you said, you need to be fully informed in that decision so you don't become one of those med students. I think. One of the most important things um, one of my teachers told me was um, was basically like, what? it sounds simple, but why do you want to do medicine? It seems like such a simple question, such an obvious question. But when you really think about it, you do need to just step back and reflect on your actions and reflect on your thought process and say, why do I want to do medicine? I remember... Um, during this period of time there are a few other girls who wanted to apply for medicine and they and the same teacher this is quite strategic on his part um he asked them he constantly asked them why do you want to do medicine why do you want to do medicine and I think most of them just said oh um I'm not too sure to be honest so Mm. I think in that way he kind of did his own little screening process and kind of figured out the people who really wanted to do medicine because when he asked me I I told him and it was they were the factors that I outlined previously so I think definitely when you're looking at dropout rates a good place to start when when talking about this and when starting this discussion is why did they apply for medicine anyway I know as a as a girl brought up in a South Asian household medicine was placed on this pedestal 
of careers and there is this culture around medicine where um you know it brings a lot of pride to families and i i would assume it brings a lot of pride to, fa- to families from every culture essentially because it's, it's an amazing career but i do know that there was a lot of pressure from external like familial forces so i think just <laughs> i guess in a way just blocking out that external pressure and just looking at your own your own thought process and your own characteristics and your own goals i would say and looking at yourself as a member of the healthcare team and and asking yourself do i really want to do this is medicine really for me and i guess if you don't have that immediate answer then go back and reflect and look at different activities and maybe look at different careers but then also look back into medicine and say what well, is this really the career for me as you said being informed is the most important thing when you apply for med school so you don't feel that sense of oh my god what have i done when you when you when you start um when you start medicine and just one more thing it's quite interesting one of my um supervisors told me that um you can definitely tell when a student really wants to do medicine and a student who's again been pressured into medicine just through their interviews it's not even when they're in the medical school it's when when they're um being sat for interviews um you would see the med students who really want to do it they just have passion in their voices they have this drive that you can just see whereas students who in a way were 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 pressured into it just don't have that same level of passion and drive and it translates into their body language it translates into their into the way that they express themselves and interviewees and academics can see this and the chance of success is is, is a lot lower so definitely I think if they're going to if anyone was going to take away anything from this it's definitely be informed about your decision before applying to med school. <laughs> yeah definitely and I think one good point to mention is the fact that if you have made an informed decision and you get to medical school a couple of weeks in you think oh this is not for me that's completely fine as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, if, if it's not for you, and medicine isn't for everyone, I know quite a few people, they just go study the degree and a couple of weeks in, they're thinking, oh, this is not what I expected. Even though I've done all the work experience, volunteering, I'm very passionate about the degree. I, I can't see myself actually doing it myself. Mm-hmm. So, and that's completely fine. And yeah. in a way, sooner the better when you realise that the action needs to be taken so that you can try and navigate what is for you and if perhaps um, another degree is for you the world of work apprenticeships so forth um it's just about making sure that you're comfortable in what you're studying and mm-hmm. you're comfortable in what your future is going to hold for you um in this amazing profession definitely and um- I think you raised a really, a really crucial point um, in the sense that there are alternative paths you can take, especially when applying to medicine. It's a competitive process. And mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can relate to this, but it was a very stressful process as well. Yeah. And just hearing from those universities that you've either been rejected or accepted is just nerve wracking. And I think having those alternative pathways in mind really helps to settle your nerves and it just helps you um, gain this new perspective that, hey, if I don't get this the first time, it's okay. 
um, if I really want this, I will get to this in the end. It's just I'm going to have to take a longer route. I do know that uh, quite a few of my friends have had to, re- well, not resit, but they've had to reapply um, for a couple of years now in order to get into medicine. And now they're doing medicine. They're so happy. So it's not a first time, you know, it's not a first time thing. You don't have to get in straight from sixth form, like on your first attempt. Obviously, this doesn't happen for a lot of people. I think just just persevering and looking at those alternative routes, such as um, I would say gap years. Obviously, that's a pretty popular choice for people, as well as doing other degrees beforehand. As well, I do know that when some medical students um, get rejected, they're offered an alternative. I know for me, when I applied for Keel, I didn't get in for medicine, but I got in for um, what was it pharmacy. <laughs> So if you if you are inclined like that and you do want to pursue one of those other degrees and then transfer into medicine, there's absolutely nothing stopping you. And in a way, I know so many people who have done degrees beforehand and they've really benefited. Like um, I have a few people in my study group who have done biomedical sciences before they did medicine. And it's really helped them in terms of their knowledge, their prior knowledge, their um. Their, their exam technique, just university life in general, they're just a lot, they, they feel a lot less overwhelmed transitioning into medical school because they've experienced uni life. And I think for a lot of first time acceptees, is that what I'd label them? It's quite overwhelming because you're going straight from sixth form into university and doing a really hard degree on top of that. It's, it's, it's a daunting experience. So definitely weigh up the diff- the alternative path you could take and I guess, um, and I guess just make your, your decision from there. I, I've never asked Chloe, like, did you go straight into sixth form or what was your path into medicine? Uh, I was quite a standard straight path. Um, so I did my A-levels, um, stayed mm-hmm. on in school, stayed in sixth form, did my A-levels. Um, I did, what did I do? <laughs> I did <laughs> chemistry, biology, Welsh, second language, and I did maths at AS. Nice. Well. And then applied um, for medicine, of course. And <laughs> um, overall, I had my offer for Exeter. I had two interviews, one in Exeter and one in Cardiff. Uh-huh. And I also had an offer for biomedical sciences at Cardiff as yeah. well. Um, and I got rejected straight away from Manchester and Birmingham. But Birmingham gave me the opportunity if I wanted to go and study um, something else and apply to study something else. So that was yeah. lovely as well. But yeah, that was quite a brief overview of my <laughs> school application um, but yeah came with its struggles and its challenges but yeah. I'm happy to say I got, I got here and living my best life in Exeter yeah. studying yeah. an amazing degree what about you um so instead of A-levels I did the IB <laughs> okay. which is um uh, an interesting degree for any listeners who are doing the IB right now I think they'd relate to me that it's 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 a great it's a great diploma but it's also very stressful <laughs> um, so for me I just I did my IB and then I applied for uni I wasn't very successful with three of my unis but I got an offer from Newcastle and Exeter and Newcastle I got biomedical sciences similar to you 
and I sat two, I can't remember, three interviews, I think, um, which were just, for me, I, I found the interviews very enjoyable, which I don't think a lot of people can say, <laughs> especially the extra interview. I thought it was actually quite fun. Yeah. Um, I managed to like fangirl a little with, I, I think it might have been the head of an, I don't know who it was, but <laughs> someone who also really liked musical theatre. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, you have a musical theatre society. That's why I want to join Exeter. And he was like, oh, we've never heard that before. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if I stood out in that way, but <laughs> I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I, I, like you, it was, it was a... Um, it was just a straight out of sixth form experience for me, um, which I don't know. How did you feel about that? Because I, I don't know, joining uni for the first time and starting medicine was so overwhelming. I just, I, I remember in the first term or maybe the first two terms, I, I constantly asked myself like, yeah, this is, this is something I want to do, but this is very stressful. <laughs> and I live in London and extra is very far away. It's around four or five hours away. So it was, it was very far from home from basically yeah. my entire life. So I don't know. How did you feel about how starting uni? <laughs> That's <quite laughs> an interesting question. Uh, <laughs> I think definitely in the first couple of weeks, trying to get a grasp on, um, move into Exeter is where I live currently. It's quite like a quiet village. Um, mm-hmm. And coming to Exeter is that step up. Yeah. Not too big, but big enough for me to handle. Yeah. And I think just in that first couple of weeks, trying to get to grips with the course, because you're quite literally thrown in at the deep end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and fair play, the university are very supportive and they really help you to move gently into the course and to get used to it, I suppose. And I think just after you've done it a couple of times, getting into the set routine, doing PBL and doing your anatomy Mm -hmm. and your biomed, your lectures, Mm -hmm. I think you just automatically kind of grasp it and get used to it. And so it becomes a normal habit, normal routine. And yeah, I just thought it was okay. And I think... One of the best things that I did personally was go to um, different freshers um, events. So meeting societies on St Luke's in the first week was really beneficial. And just meeting different medical students who were living around me and on my course, but Mm -hmm. also joining societies. I'm a huge, huge advocate for people joining societies definitely definitely (laughs) it is quite um quite a daunting thing to start with because obviously you're throwing yourself in there you don't really know anyone and you Mm -hmm. think oh okay you're sort of branching out from your medical um friends and meeting new friends yeah it's been very beneficial and I've really enjoyed it in my first year and I think just help just helping yourself to what's available and taking people up on their opportunities is what's going to help you to settle in the most Mm -hmm. and I think yeah just putting yourself out there and enjoying yourself and the medical degree just wanted to say this the medical degree is busy 
and it is a full-on degree, as you would yes. expect. But it's about having a healthy work-life balance, um, and it's something which I always try and aim to have. And I think just joining a couple of societies, like I think I'm a member of eight societies <laughs> now. <laughs> um, as I'm very keen on societies. Um, <laughs> I, I just think that it just helps you to have a break away from medicine because definitely it's not really healthy to be studying 24 7 no no not at all yeah you're just gonna have an impact and the amount of medical students who are on the verge of having burnout or have had burnout yes i can imagine impeccable (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's really all about pacing yourself to be honest especially in first year where you can be a little you can be a bit more relaxed (laughs) um I think I completely agree with you in terms of societies like I'm part of oh god I can't even remember how many societies because they're just so enjoyable and kind of taking a break away from that crazy world of medicine and you know actually fitting into student life it's just it's really fun I think for us um this is just I guess an extra specific scenario but St Luke's is quite far away from Streatham and most of the uni life occurs on Streatham and you feel quite isolated at St Luke's but when you actually join societies and you travel up there and you see law students and you see English students and you see geography students and any other kind of student you're kind of like wow mm-hmm. there's there's a world outside of medicine <laughs> you get to be a part of it and I just think it's amazing like having that balance between medicine and your non-medical life is just so important because I know so many people who completely get sucked into the world of medicine and not only experience burnout but have a very I guess limited range of limited uh range of thinking and a kind of limited perspective because they're just with medical students I think exposing yourself to other degrees and other types of people is is the point of university the whole whole point is that you have this huge unique experience where you get to meet people from different backgrounds and no one part you can never predict one person's like you know story and just talking to new people just really inspires you and it motivates you and it makes you really feel like hey I'm at uni now like look at me (laughs) it's it's great and 100% I agree with you joining societies it gives you that break and it gives you that escapism that you really need sometimes when you're overwhelmed with medicine and I think for me in term one I definitely wanted to focus on societies because I knew I'm going to be here for five years I'm going to be here for seven years before I become fully qualified after my foundation years I need something that just gives me that sense of relief and gives me that sense of hey you can do other things outside of medicine (laughs) and I as much as I love medicine I just think it's it's imperative that you do find that 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 work-life balance and you do make the most out of it especially at university Mm, definitely and I think like you were saying earlier it broadens your horizons Mm. and like one particular society comes to mind and they do um, social events on, well, practically every night of the week. But Thursdays, um, they usually have a really good social event. And I know sometimes 
I go and I just really look forward to having that break away from the busyness of the degree and just having a couple of hours out just to relax and you know do the things which I enjoy and I yeah with societies there's so many societies you can choose from Mm -hmm. and I could probably be a member of many more societies if I wanted to (laughs) um but it could be based on your hobbies but also things which you haven't done before and it's an opportunity to just meet like-minded people but also others who are interested in what you're interested in that may not necessarily be medicine it could be I don't know archery or dancing or um I think it was a hide and seek society as well in Exeter it could be anything so yeah it's very varied and just about whatever makes you happy yeah exactly and I just think going into medicine you really you need that um I I would say that uh, holistic point of view I think that really helps with the career as well like I've learned from my my mere three terms at Exeter that having this holistic point of view really helps you with your patient empathy and it helps in your placements when you you talk to people because you you grow your you grow your communication skills you grow your um skills when it comes to empathy when it comes to compassion and those are skills you need to become a doctor I think if you are fully just submerged in the world of uh, clinical practice and just lectures and work 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 you kind of lose that personal touch that's so essential to medicine and was really a defining feature of why I chose the profession it's you get to interact with people like that's that's your main focus it's just people talking to other people and by having those interpersonal skills you can really thrive within the career even if it isn't just a purely theoretical um even if it isn't just a purely theory that you're focusing on. Yeah, and I think one thing, I'm sure both of us have been in the patient um, perspective quite a few times um, (laughs) in our lives, Um, but I think as a patient as well, you're looking for your practitioner to be relatable to you. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people come into their appointments, I know I've been in the past, and you've been nervous We've been quite a bit apprehensive because you don't know what to expect or perhaps yeah. seen that particular practitioner before so you don't mm-hmm. know them and I think that's the one key skill of a doctor is being relatable to the patient because a it eases the patient but also helps you as well to know the patient better um, in time b it just makes the experience a lot more enjoyable and both the patient and the practitioner gets more out of the consultation at the mm-hmm. same time. And I think some of my own best appointments have been where there's been good communication between both parties, but also having something in common or just having a general um, conversation and just making the consultation realistic. Yeah. Not just, oh, why have you come in today? and making it very um robotic yeah definitely and relatable and um, so I think definitely empathy and just being a people's person I suppose mm-hmm. being yeah. a people's person and I'd like to think of myself as a people's person and being out there and trying 
to understand a range of different cultures and mm -hmm. different uh, views on society that would help me to shape my own practice in the future. Mm -hmm. I'm sure yeah. you're probably thinking the same thing as me. Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> you know, we just want to help as many people as we can in the best way possible, tailoring it to their needs. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the defining aspects of being a good clinician or even a good med student when you're med student when you're in your placement is when you can really empathize with the patient and you, you you hold that mindset that's adaptable and that's flexible I think if you have a very fixed mindset you won't do very well when it comes to having um, a, a constructive conversation with your patients I know for example in one of my placements um, there was um, I was at the Devon sexual health clinic and there was a specific patient who uh, wanted to talk about contraceptives um, but she was quite young and some cultures could I guess could uh, shy away from that kind of topic and view it as quite taboo and you could in a way succumb to that kind of um, that that fixed mindset but when you are placed in that position they the patient really just needs someone who listens to them who respects them and who makes them feel heard and who empathizes with them in a non-condescending way. And I think I definitely try to use my communication skills to get that across. And you could definitely see the satisfaction on that patient's face once they realized that the clinician and the med student who was with them was there for them and wasn't going to stigmatize them and wasn't going to hold that air of judgment. One thing medicine in general it's all about is being open yeah questions being open to the patient having that honesty with them and being non-judgmental um and exactly. I think that's just the best way forward because the patient is trusting you to help them make a decision and giving them the information that they need to make their own decisions as well and I think it's just, again, we talked about it earlier on in the podcast about having that doctor-patient relationship. And that's what's integral to healthcare and the NHS. Definitely. And way to move forward. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's something which does come up, I think, quite a lot. But um, there are, of course practitioners doctors in the profession who are non-judgmental mm -hmm. and who are open and are honest and trustworthy and that's what people in the profession should be like I, I completely agree though I think there is there isn't a specific model or mode that professional that professions medical professions and med students should um should uh, I guess fit themselves into but I definitely think just holding those characteristics that are kind of drilled into us in our in our early I guess in our early medical careers I say that as a first year medical student but basically in the process of applying to med school we're constantly told that we need to have these characteristics and that we need to you know be empathetic we need to be compassionate we need to be good listeners we need to actively listen we need to be non-judgmental I think 
some could just view that as, oh, it's just, you know, it's a checklist that you need to just tell universities in order to seem like a good person. But in reality, those are the skills you really need to be a good medical student and to be a good clinician as well. I just think people really underestimate the importance of holding those, that emotional intelligence and that and that social intelligence, I would say, and those um social skills and those communication skills because it really does put the patient's mind at ease and I think the majority of patient clinician interactions is fueled by the the rapport that's built between the two of them and by establishing a good rapport by having those characteristics and by expressing them in in an appropriate way you you build up that rapport and the the interaction just just works more smoothly and the patient feels more comfortable in telling you more about what's going on with them overall you just have a have a better experience with that patient I feel like in some instances you can really you can really immerse yourself into the patient's perspective and this is our first episode and this is a let's discuss episode so we have two different types of episodes we'll have a we have a let's let's discuss and a guest appearance so hopefully when we get guest appearance we can get other medical students or other healthcare professionals to talk about their life within the medical profession so I hope you everyone has enjoyed this conversation thank you so much Chloe for for getting involved with me and saying yes to this podcast (laughs) thank you for initiating the idea Narbel and thank you to everyone who's been listening a very junior doctors with us today you've been listening to very junior doctors please check us out on Spotify and turn on notifications so you can see when we upload our next episode Please tune in to Chloe's amazing Instagram account, Medic Maps, and we hope to see you next time. Bye.